Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. Good to be back with our listeners again today. And we're thankful to have this opportunity to be with you and open up God's Word and study a little bit long, a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, learn some more, and grow in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to come and check us out at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We're located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. And our Bible classes begin on 930 on Sunday morning, 1030 for worship. Sunday evenings, we come back together at six o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings, we kind of set aside our schedule uh, in our busy lives, and we come back together at 630 each Wednesday evening for midweek Bible classes. And that's a good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged in the middle of the week and be better ready to take on the rest of the week. Well, please come and be with us. Many of our radio listeners have checked us out in the past, and many have stayed on to be with us. And we're thankful for our, our ability to be able to teach God's Word, to be able to reach out through the medium of the, ra- of the radio and the Internet. And we're thankful that uh, we've been able to touch souls and help souls come to salvation through Jesus Christ. We encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click on the podcast button and sign up. And when you do that, you will, and it's all free, by the way, you will automatically receive to your smartphone or computer or whatever smart device you choose a great deal of Bible teaching, including this radio program. It'll go automatically to your smart device every day, Monday through Friday. And then in addition, there's a whole lot more of Bible teaching material that will come to your smart device every single day. So take advantage of that. Again, it's always free, always will be free. And tell your friends and your relatives and your family members, your work associates, tell them to check us out also at churchofchrist.com and tell them about the radio program, Search the Scriptures. Well, we're going to get back into a line of thought and study that we've been looking at through several sections already. We're talking about heart troubles. And again, we're not talking about that muscle or that organ within our chest that pumps blood through our circulatory system all day long, every day, as long as we live. We're talking about heart problems from a spiritual perspective, a spiritual perspective. Now, we've, we've covered some that some people might kind of raise their eyebrows about because they may not, may not have thought about these particular problems or practices within the lives of some people being a problem of the heart from a spiritual perspective, but they are. So we've already talked about laziness, for example, and probably that raised some eyebrows, people thinking, uh, well, but as we went into that, hopefully you, you came to see that this certainly is a heart problem. It's, it's a problem of the heart. When we're talking about our need to be able to not just believe in God, but to follow his teachings, and part of his teachings are that we need to work for a living, not live off of other people when we could earn our own living. Well, that's a problem of the heart, of the heart when we do not follow through on that instruction. But we also talked about gossip, and gossip is such a detrimental and ultimately potentially angering, producing violence, such a negative, negative practice on the part of so many people. 
Now, probably everybody would look back in their life and they'd say, yeah, yeah, I, I, I did participate in gossip back on this particular occasion or maybe every now and then. But even that can be potentially condemned in Scripture. But some people, they gossip by nature. That is part of their nature. They, they gossip all the time. And so we talked about how that can be so productive of not just negative reaction, but it could, all, it could actually ruin lives, ruin lives, and even lead, lead to violence and, 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 and murder in some cases just because of gossip. Well, we also talked about fear and how fear is used by the devil to keep us from being productive in our relationship with God, in our faithfulness. Many people do not become Christians because they're, they're afraid they cannot live that Christian life. But we, we pointed out, we emphasized, God would not expect us to do something that's impossible for us to do. And God has said, I will be with you as you pick up this new life, spiritually, Christianity. I will help you. I will strengthen you where you're weak, and I will see you through if you will trust me to do so. And then we also talked about hatred. Hatred, I've never seen, and I've emphasized this in this particular part of our study, I've never seen so much hatred in our nation as I see right now, and I've been around for quite a while. Hatred, it's just so in your face now. If you do not agree with me on some particular matter that I'm really focused on, and a lot of times it's political, a lot of times it's social, it's cultural, and if you disagree with me on what I believe on this, you're to be hated, and maybe your life is to be destroyed, ruined. Maybe it can bring you down and get you to, you know, lose your job. We'll put pressure on the particular uh, influences, and, and maybe we can have you lose your job, and you can be silenced, and your life can be destroyed or ruined. Well, hatred, because you don't agree with me, because I don't agree with you? Are we supposed to hate one another? That is ungodly. That is evil. I want us to look today, beginning to look today, at what really generates hatred, and that's anger. Anger. Do you have a problem with anger in your life? Do you struggle with being angry, with controlling anger? Do you find yourself almost at the drop of a hat, so to speak? You're instantly angry? Why? Why, do, why have you let that kind of, of emotion develop within, within you naturally? Do you feed anger through the way you think? Trying to get a clear perspective on a given situation while angry is like trying to read a book through glasses that are terribly dirty and smeared. Would you want a doctor, a surgeon, to begin performing surgery on you, and you look up and he's wearing glasses that are smeared everywhere you see. You can't even see his eyes clearly because they are so dirty, they are so smeared, and he's ready to pick up the scalpel and start cutting into you. Do you think you'd have something to say about that? How would he be able to see on his side of the glasses if you can't see on your side of the glasses? Your perception 
when you're angry is distorted. You cannot see clearly. And that's the comparison I'm making. Because the emotion of anger clouds your realistic and objective vision. Your ability to reason can become impaired and your judgment clouded. As a result, you're vulnerable to making mistakes and in some cases, grievous mistakes. Ungoverned anger is raw emotion that can produce out of control behavior. Now, is there a proper or a righteous form of anger? The Apostle Paul talked about be angry and sin not. There are some occasions, there are some stimuli that would provoke an angry response, but it's from, from, again, from a spiritual perspective, our anger is supposed to be under control. Paul also said, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And so we need to tamp down our anger, tamp it down, keep it under control, and not let it overwhelm us and cloud our vision and ultimately develop into violence, hatred, ungoverned anger, raw emotion that can produce out-of-control behavior. Anger also feeds on itself. Now, it's a fire kindled by emotion that has been left unchecked. In other words, we don't control that emotion. We just let the anger build within us. And that anger feeds upon itself. If not brought under control, it becomes not only the fire, but also the fuel for the fire. And just as fire that is left to rage uncontrolled quickly becomes destructive, raging anger can develop into all kinds of destructive behavior, including and as I said, it really is the seedbed for hatred. And then we've already seen where hatred can develop into violence and even murder. And let us look at the case of Cain murdering his brother, Abel. Genesis chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. And let me turn over there quick. Genesis chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. We find Cain and Abel, the first two children of Adam and Eve that are listed in the scriptures. And so verse 1 of Genesis chapter 4 reads, Now Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. She bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. It has been suggested that perhaps Cain and Abel were actually twins because of the language in the text here where it says that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And then there's nothing, it just moves right into, then she bore again and without conceived again as being mentioned in the scriptures. But again, that's speculation. But they were certainly brothers, Cain and Abel. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Now, again, Cain was a, basically a farmer. Abel was a keeper of sheep. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. Okay, so 
when it came time to worship God through sacrifice, Cain brought a sacrifice of the produce of the ground that he had grown. Abel brought a sacrifice of sheep. And the Lord respected Abel in his offering, but he did not respect Cain in his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Now, why did God respect Abel's offering, but not Cain's? Obviously, God had instructed that they offer in sacrifice by way of worshiping him a specific kind of sacrifice. And Abel followed through, but Cain did not. Now, when you read the Hebrews account of this in very short form, it says that by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. As we keep emphasizing in our studies together, where does faith come from? Romans 10 and verse 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Okay, so if Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by faith, God, actu- God obviously instructed both Abel and Cain as to what he wanted them to offer in, by way of sacrifice in worshiping him. And Abel obeyed, and Cain disobeyed. Cain simply substituted something else. Well, that's disobedience. We've talked about that in our studies many, many times. Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19 warns, instructs, do not add anything to God's word, do not take away anything from God's word. And if you violate either of those destructions, then you're facing condemnation from God. In our quote unquote, and I'm using the word in very loose form, Christian culture today, through denominationalism, you have a whole lot of people who simply change what God's Word says. They, they think they can substitute something for something that is laid out in God's Word, and it's going to be okay. They think, well, it fits the times better. Really? You think you're smarter than God? As he guided those writers to write what he wanted them to write about how we, he wants us to follow him in faithfulness and obedience? A, a, Cain obviously substituted something other than for for what God had instructed, other than what God had instructed. So Cain offered fruit of the ground as the sacrifice. And since Abel's sacrifice was more excellent than Cain's by faith, God obviously had instructed both of them, I want you to offer me animal, I want you to offer animal sacrifices to me by way of worshiping me. Abel followed through, and Cain did not. Now, what's the response of Cain? Verse 6, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? See, now first it's anger. And why has your countenance fallen? Now you go back to verse 5, when, it, when the text says that, he did not, that God did not respect Cain and his offering, Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And verse 6, God asks Cain, why has your countenance fallen? Why are you angry? And then in verse 7, God went on and counseled Cain. He said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? 
And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. Now, who's behind the temptation to sin? The devil. But God says, but you should rule over it. Verse 8 goes on. Now, Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, so they were away from home, so to speak. They were in the field, working together perhaps. And so Cain took the opportunity to talk with Abel, his brother. We're given no minute details whatsoever as to what the conversation entailed, but obviously Cain was still harboring anger. And notice again what verse 5 says, he was very angry that God had rejected his sacrifice and accepted the sacrifice of his brother Abel. So Cain talked with Abel, his brother. It came to pass while they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Cain couldn't let go of the anger. And what did the anger ultimately result in? Murder. He murdered his brother. Now, we might get the impression that from the language of verse 8 that Cain talked with with Abel, his brother, maybe more than once about this whole situation. And ultimately, when they were in the field together on one day, his anger just took him over. He lost control of it, and he murdered his brother. Now, could we assume that probably the anger turned into hatred for his brother? I think that's a realistic possibility. But why? Why did he murder Abel, his brother? Abel didn't do anything to him. Abel is not the one who rejected his sacrifice. God did that. But because God accepted Abel's sacrifice and rejected Cain's sacrifice, Cain was angry with his brother. Now, I suspect he was also very possibly angry with God. But he couldn't do anything to God. (laughs) But he turned his anger against his brother. And probably, very possibly at least, that anger became hatred, and one day he murdered his brother. You see, the devil will use whatever avenue he can to lead us into sin and thereby the condemnation that sin brings. A faithful Christian, a faithful Christian cannot allow himself to be consumed with anger. I want us to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and let's look at verses 31 and 32. And notice what the Apostle Paul writes about this particular matter. Not the murder of Abel by Cain, but talking about uncontrolled anger. Verses 31 and 32. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And what's the opposite of that? He goes on in verse 32 and he says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You see, we cannot let anger abide within our heart. We're talking about a heart problem here from a spiritual perspective. So a Christian is to be 
seasoning salt in this world and shining light of Christianity, of Christ, of God. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. His example, and that is the Christian's example, before everybody around him, fellow Christians and non-Christians, should make a difference for good within society. Christians should particularly exhibit love toward their fellow Christians, true Christians. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, on the night of his betrayal, Jesus told the apostles, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you love one another. Now, he was about to go to the cross the very next day for them and for all of humanity. He went on and said, by this, the world will know that you are my disciples or followers or Christians by the love that you have for one another. We might think it's almost inconceivable that Cain would have allowed his anger, probably initially against God, but of course he couldn't do anything to God, but it turned to his brother and it grew and probably became hatred and he absolutely lost control of his emotion and he murdered his brother, his biological brother. We think, how in the world could anybody let that happen? But we read about it all the time in the newspaper, don't we? We hear about it all the time on news reports, on radio and television, don't we? We see movies made about it all the time, don't we? Where family members will murder one another over hatred or maybe envy or jealousy. But the envy and jealousy can produce anger, and anger can then result in hatred, and then the hatred becomes violent. His example should make a difference for good within society because we should look at that example of Cain, what he did, what he resorted to, how he lost control, how he did such a heinous thing, and say, we don't ever want to let that happen to us. We need to teach against that. And ultimately, we're taught against that in God's Word. We'll look a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to put anger out of our hearts, to keep it checked, and to never let it turn into hatred or violence or sinfulness of any kind. Guide us and help us to live to your glory always. Please, Father. And please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.